1: And thanks to the help we get with Dan Burns from Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Your car care show is underway here on CCO. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you need to uh, bring your vehicle into your favorite dealer or your favorite shop for some service, uh, Dan will probably be able to give you uh, some idea of uh, what, uh, what's wrong with it, what's happening, and, uh, and you can tell the service writer what you think is wrong. and might cut to the chase and save you and the workers uh, some time. 651 The phones are ringing already. 651 Text is 81807. And uh, Dan Burns, good morning to you. Good morning. You have a good week at Lloyd's? I
0: had a Busy, busy, warm week at Lloyd's. The hot weather, of course, gets all the air conditioning business going, and that's where the bulk of it, or at least half of it, was. That's what the add-on is about. So, you know, along with normal business, you add in all the air conditioning stuff, and it's pretty busy all of a sudden.
1: What's typically wrong with the AC in vehicles these days?
0: The gas has leaked out. Okay, still that. Oftentimes, it's uh, we can find it and uh, and identify it and and repair the leak. Many times, however. It's just such a slow leak. Maybe it takes years for it to empty. There's only one pound of of gas in the system, oftentimes one or two pounds. And uh, if it takes a couple years for it to leak out, there's just no sign of it. So in that case, what we have to do is just refill it and and get it working for another couple of years.
1: Now, is the new gas, the new refrigerant, as good as the old
0: refrigerant? I think it's as efficient. You do? Yeah, I I find that cars are... You know, just as cold with the uh, with the new gas, and uh, so I think that that part's just fine, uh, and it's uh, more environmentally friendly. And from what I understand, they're coming out with even a newer gas. So are they really? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll see what uh, what happens with that.
1: Better for the environment, I presume. I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure why they're changing it, but uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a
1: question for you, uh, Tony. And I were debating, not debating, wondering has he and his. Uh, Mother drove down to Mankato to see family on Mother's Day and came back. And the mileage we checked when we filled up later was probably four to five miles per gallon more than I've ever seen that vehicle. It's a heavy vehicle. Yeah. And uh, he th- I said, well, Dan just changed the oil. Maybe that helps. It's slicker. But he says he thinks it's because he uses the uh, cruise
0: control. I agree with both of you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the number one effect on gas mileage, well, first of all, is, is engineering. You know, there's, you can only get it so far. Right, cause, that's cause true. The, the car is built, uh, you know, the, the weight of the car and the design of the car and the gears and all that. It's, it's, there's, the first thing is, is design. That's going to be the most effect on fuel mileage. The second thing that you can do best for fuel mileage is driving habits. If you keep the pedal off the floor, yeah, and uh, no jackrabbit starts, no jackrabbit starts, and and you know cruise, coast to a stop, and and don't race up hills and all that sort of stuff. Driving habits can uh, will have the greatest effect on mileage, and then a whole bunch of other things. Oil change certainly yeah. makes a difference because you're right; it makes everything move easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, warm weather that uh, they. If the if it's uh, ninety degrees out, all the wheel bearings and all of the everything in the car is warm and thin and and uh, has very little resistance. Sure. Against it. So that makes, makes sense. that makes a big difference and a huge effect. Also, is the wind. If you happen to be in a tailwind versus a headwind, <laughs> okay. and if you don't think that makes a difference, try it on your bicycle.
1: Oh, that's true, yeah.
0: (laughs) If you have a headwind on your bicycle, it's very difficult, and it's no different with a big box going down the road. Uh, The wind has a big effect on it. Interesting. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that affect it, and and good for that. Yeah. I I actually think that if you kind of make a game of it and and watch that little thing on the dash that gives you the the current mileage while you're cruising, uh, you can get great gas mileage, and it's... uh, you know, good for good for your pocketbook, and good for the environment, and good for the car. Good so for the vehicle, yeah, too. Lots of, lots of good reasons to do it.
1: 651-989-9226. You're in the midst of a car care show, and your calls and text messages are welcome. Text number, by the way, 81807. Let's go to the phones, Dan. George is calling from Osceola with a question. Go ahead, George. Thank you.
2: Yes, good morning, gentlemen. I have a, actually, my son just bought a 2008 Buick CERN, and about uh, a month couple of days, a couple of weeks into his uh, ownership of it, he lives up in Duluth, uh, developed a uh, humming noise, which um, I've got a background in mechanics, not that uh, that matters too much, but I took it for a test drive, and it's RPM related, not engine related, but uh, wheel related, and it's kind of almost, i like sounds like maybe what you'd hear if something is rubbing against the tire, the faster you go, the and it's a lower pitch, and uh, check the tranny fluid. It's definitely burnt and real thin, so it had some abuse. Um, he brought it back to a shop up there, and they said ball joints. Now, I know that wouldn't be a humming noise, I don't think. I'm thinking more internal, mechanical. Again, it's not related to the engine because you put it in a neutral, rev it up, and so forth. There's no change. It's it's definitely drivetrain. Um, I well, just want to uh, see what sounds uh, yeah. what you.
0: No. Noises are tricky over the over the radio, but but uh, I'll tell you what the mo- most common uh, reason for tire related or or tire rotation related noise are number one the tires themselves. That certainly, if the tires are cupped, uh, the tires will make a tremendous noise, and uh, so that's probably the first place that I would look. Make sure that the tires are worn smooth across. Uh, if the noise is front or to re- front or rear, if you can identify that, rotating the tires uh, sometimes will make a difference, uh, so try that. And the second thing we see a lot of is wheel bearings, and uh, most commonly on those GM products, it's the front wheel bearing, and uh, that makes quite a noise as you're going down the road. So uh, those are a couple things that, that are very common that we run across, and beyond that, it starts to get a little trickier, and actually, we and everybody in the industry struggles with noises, you know, trying to identify exactly where it's coming from, or, uh, you know, you're on the right track. Is it is it wheel-related? Is it engine-related? Is it RPM-related? Those types of things are good questions uh, to answer before you bring the car into the shop. But, uh but, uh, yeah, noises are kind of tricky. They are. Like yeah. you said,
1: especially on the radio, if you were riding around, it still would possibly be
0: tough. I'm At the shop, I'm a popular one to grab, <laughs> to say, hey, uh, come listen to this noise, because I've been listening to noises for 35 years. That's true. And so I've heard a lot of them, and, uh, and they're common. I mean, they, that's a that's thing we chase often.
1: Interesting. There you go, George. Thanks for the call. George leaves uh, that line open at 651-989-9226. We have time for you. Just keep in mind, though, Dan's going to be with us only till 745, so don't wait to call or text. Uh, bring it to us uh, either by phone or by text, as I said, here on CCO's Car Care Show. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, which is, if you're not familiar with Grand Avenue, where are you located on that great street?
0: Let me turn it. There my, you go. Let me get technically correct here. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> we are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is uh right in the heart of, of Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Grandel Days is coming up Uh-huh, that already. so oh. by the way. Yeah, that's always the first weekend in June. But uh yeah, nine eighty-two Grand, which is right between Lexington and Victoria, or you can find us on the web at Lloydsautomotive.net, L L O I D S, Lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call. Somebody's there. I think Nick's there this morning, six five one Two two eight, one
1: three one six. Excellent, and a good day for that. Texter said. By the way, if you want to uh, text in your car care question, eight one eight zero seven is the number. Or call us. I see a line. One line is open. Six five one nine eight uh, nine nine two two six. Two thousand Taurus, two hundred forty two thousand miles. Texter says when using cruise and going up even small inclines, the RPMs go away. Never did this before. Which is getting weaker, the uh, the transmission, do you think, or the uh, the uh, an issue with the cruise?
0: Well, I'm not sure if yeah. I can't quite tell by the question if the car continues to pull itself properly. Yeah, the RPMs go away, or go yeah,
1: away? that's what it says it it goes way.
0: Yeah. I think the dish, I think the problem from what they're describing there, I'd say the problem is with the uh, gauge, you know, the RPM gauge in the dash, and uh, that really has is not connected to the transmission. The RPM okay. gauge is attached to the engine. Uh-huh. And so uh, if that if that gauge is going away, then there's something related to that.
1: Okay. Let's go back to the phones, Dan. Steve is calling from uh, Minneapolis uh, with a question. Steve, you're on CCO with Dan.
2: Yes, good morning. Morning. Yeah, I like the program, too. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. My situation is I've got a 2006 Cadillac DTS. And lately, my mileage, gas mileage, has dropped down to about fourteen. I'm just under a hundred thousand miles, and I'm wondering, could it be an air filter, or uh, you think the plugs need to be changed? Um, I'm open for suggestions.
0: <laughs> it could be any of that. Uh, okay, there's a whole bunch of things like we talked about at the opening of the show that that are related to uh, gas mileage. The biggest one I said was was uh, design, and obviously. The mileage has changed, so that doesn't have anything to do with it. And the, other, the next one is driving habits, and you're still driving the vehicle, so that uh, wouldn't do it. Something's obviously changed. The engine must be running rich uh, if it's using significantly more fuel, and we should be able to find the fact that it's running rich with our computerized scan equipment. Uh, and also with our scan equipment, we could find uh, – a whole bunch of inputs that would affect gas mileage: the mass airflow sensor, the coolant sensor. That you know, all sort, There's several temp sensors. Those types of things uh, could cause it, and and uh, so those are those are uh, things that we would check that you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to get to access that information. But uh, but something's obviously changed, and uh, it's probably an input. The engine's probably getting bad information. Are the computers getting bad information and delivering that information to the engine and pouring too much gas in, which it should not be doing?
1: Hmm. Okay, that's a thought. Thank you, Steve. There's your info. I want to get uh, some text messages taken care of here, but let's go to Dan first in Clear Lake. Dan, you're on CCO. Good morning.
2: Yes, good morning, gentlemen. My son has a uh, 2004 Mazda 6. He just graduated from college last weekend, and uh, was driving up to see his buddies in Bemidji. Called me last night and said, Dad, going down the road, the car just quit. Uh, lost all power. He cruised to the side. Uh, went to try and start it, uh, wouldn't start. But the battery, uh, the power was there to the engine. He said he left it up the hood, and there was kind of a humming noise next to the battery. Just kind of looking for some ideas.
0: Humming noise next to the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when he tried to start the car, the engine did crank, as far as you no, know. No, it did not. Oh, it did not crank. Oh. There was
2: still electricity to the lights and, like, to the dash panel and to all of the ex- accessories, but the engine did not crank.
0: Yeah. Well, my first thought is that a uh, wire got next to something hot. The The, the buzzing part has me curious, mm. which, which would be a... Uh, if a relay or something is being shorted, uh, that would cause a buzzing type noise. <clears throat> the next to the battery is oftentimes where all the the relay box and the fuse boxes and all that are. But uh if it stalled driving down the road and the fact that it won't crank over would make me think that uh perhaps a wire got close to something, an exhaust or something got hot, rubbed through, and blew one of the one of the main fuses. Um, You know, the battery supplies power to a whole bunch of main fuses. Uh, The one that supplies the lights and all that sort of stuff is all probably still fine. But maybe the fuse that's going to the uh, engine-related stuff and the starter-related stuff has blown. And so uh, that's probably where I would start looking. Uh, I wonder if you didn't lose power to something. Okay. Yeah.
1: But you would do that kind of detective work if they brought it in.
0: Yeah, but it's up in Duluth or so up in Bemidji, <laughs> so that's going to be a long haul. A long haul, that's right. <laughs> they probably aren't going to well, do that. Well, good luck, Dan. Good luck with yeah. that.
1: Uh, texter, we don't want to forget our textures either, Dan. Here's a 2008 uh, Jeep Commander 5.7 liter Hemi, 126,000 miles. This has been a trouble-free vehicle, uh, EGR valve and EGR tune replaced at the cost of $750. Is that a reasonable cost, it says?
0: Could be uh, the EGR tube is, I think, what they're what they're, oh, okay. is what they're is what they're saying. The EGR valve um, is an emissions related thing that uh, certainly has an effect on the way the engine runs. And uh, if that tube gets plugged up with carbon, uh, it will cause EGR valve not to work. And that's common repair. And it, I know that's a lot of money, but that doesn't surprise me that it would cost that to repair.
1: Okay. You know, we should take a break here. You? Dan's going to be with us still, about 745 this morning, answering your questions by phone and text, and we have more uh, straight ahead. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We'll uh, be with us uh, here for a few more minutes. Dan, we have, we have callers. We have textures. Let's see how many folks we can help out who have been kind enough to call. Uh, Tom in Minneapolis, uh, first up here. Go ahead, Tom.
0: Uh, yeah, I've got another noise for you. Uh, it's a metallic click, uh, kind of the right front tire. It always uh, makes that noise when I make a left U-turn, and sometimes it'll make it, say, if you're going a little slow and you're kind of off and on with the brakes, you know, down an alley or even maybe backing out of the garage, but it's always on a left U-turn. Well, a couple things that come to mind is uh, if a drive axle has opened up and uh, has torn and, and dirt has gotten into the drive axle, They'll make a clicking noise as you're going around a corner, most commonly on a U-turn. The other thing that is common for a noise in the front is if the uh, metal plate, the backing plate for the brakes, the the metal plate that uh, covers the inside of the brake rotor, if that's gotten old and, and developed some rust, sometimes that rust will get too close to the brake rotor, and when you're going around a corner, of course, the wheel flexes ever so slightly, and oftentimes that's just enough to uh, to make that backing plate uh, rub. One thing that's for sure, if you bring it in, the, the both of those are very, very common. We see them all the time, and uh, they're very different. They're di- very different noises. So if you just bring it into your favorite shop, they'll be glad to go for a ride with you and tell you Exactly which of the two noises it is, but uh, good, but they're distinct noises to the trained ear, it would be very easy to tell you what's going on,
1: right? That's good news. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Tom. Mark in Coot Rapids is next on CC. Mark, you're on with Dan.
0: Yes, Dan, I've got a 2007 Camry that has uh, my ABS warning light has popped on, it
2: goes off, doesn't seem to be impacted at all for the um.
0: Braking system, uh, and I thought, why would uh, something other than if it's sensor related, why the ABS warning light would pop on and turn off? Well, it's a computerized. Uh, first of all, you're right. When the when the uh, ABS light is on, the hydraulic brakes will work just fine. Everything is is still fine and safe. You, you when the light is on, though, the ABS portion has been disabled. Which uh, you know under normal driving conditions is just fine. Um, things that could cause the light to go on and off are just exactly what you said. It could be a uh, a sensor uh, that certainly would would uh, do it. And they do fail intermittently. Uh, every time you start the vehicle, the ABS system goes through a self test. If the sensor fails on that particular test, then uh, the light will be on and probably will be on for the duration of the drive. Until you restart it again, but uh, but that you know things like that, the sensors can can cause it can come and go. The mm-hmm. uh the uh, computer itself could be a problem, but the good news is that we can access the information from your ABS computer module and get uh, a trouble code out of there, and that trouble code will give us great direction on where to go, what direction to head when uh, when planning a repair. and and seeing what's going on. Okay. So if you take it in, somebody will be able to give you a lot of help with that.
1: Good deal. There you go, Mark. Ken is going to be our last caller from uh, Egan. Go ahead, Ken. Thank you.
2: Uh, Hello. I've got a 2009 Pontiac G3, and I'm putting the cross member back in place uh, after changing a steering rack. And I'm I'm wondering what compound would anti-seize be appropriate for the threads that hold the cross-member. It's got a rubber, big rubber bushing with no metal sleeve, and I I don't want to deteriorate the rubber, but if anti-seize won't, then that would probably be appropriate, but I'm wondering what yeah. compound would be best.
0: Yeah, the anti-seize would be great. Don't You don't need much of it, so you can certainly avoid the rubber with it. You only want to put a little bit of it on the threads if it's not going through a metal sleeve uh, in the metal. Are in the middle, so uh, just you you don't need much of it. If you is my point, it doesn't need to be dripping off of there. If you just put a little bit on, uh, that'll stay up in there. And uh, next time you have to take it apart, uh, it'll come apart uh, like it's supposed to easily without breaking off the bolt. So that's a great idea. Do that. Also, be careful when you're putting that back on, and you probably know that that uh, that uh, engine carrier that that. that you try and get it back at exactly in the same spot that you took it off. Look at your marks and, uh, you know, try and put it back in because if you don't, it will certainly affect the alignment. So.
1: I, I wanted to kind of follow up, and I know we just have a minute or two to go, Dan, uh, but the George who called in about that with that lucerne, that Luzern, that humming problem, mm-hmm. he wanted to follow up. He didn't think it was a cupping noise, that humming, but he did check the transmission fluid and said it was brown, not red, and thin like water.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's good. He, the, you know he he brought that he brought he's he's steering me back to that uh, that he's concerned about that, and I think that that's a good idea. I think that uh, you know anytime you bring in the car in, trust your gut, and if you think that it's uh, something related to that, and and I'll I'll even tell you that if it is a transmission noise. That is a very distinct noise also, and to a trained ear, it would be very easy to tell you if, if the noise is coming from a pump. Uh, you know, a, a pump-type noise is very different than more of a mechanical-type noise. So if that's what it is, and I, and I, you know, because you're bringing it up again, I trust that. I think that that's probably true, and maybe what you want to do is have that transmission, fl- transmission inspected and perhaps are going to recommend changing the fluid and see how that goes.
1: Very good. Well, i tell you what, we're just about out of time. Uh, you're going to join us again next week, I hope? I am. Yeah, good, look good, forward to it. Good deal. And we're coming up to a holiday weekend, aren't we? It's
0: next weekend, yeah, isn't it? Man, yeah, Memorial Day. That's right.
1: right. Well, have a good week. How do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? And you're open today.
0: We are open today. Give us a call. Nick's there at 651-228-1316. You can come on over. We're at 982 982- grand avenue or you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net
1: as usual thank you for your help dan sounds good we'll talk to you next week with more car care here on a3owcc
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media
1: and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof